You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpas on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week, guys, it is a special episode. It is Karina Round from Pussifer. I was so excited to talk to her. It's something we tried to do a long time ago, and I got, I don't remember what it was, I got hung up at work for like a 14-hour day and was not able to get away. It like had to get done right then for a concrete pour, and I had to put it off. And uh, I'm glad we did, actually, because we were able to talk now, and I think this episode it was much better now than it would have been then just because so much more has happened. And we were both in a headspace where we just uh, went all over the place. Um, but as you guys know, this show goes everywhere. So, um, you know, you see someone on the show that you you may be into what they do uh, musically. But when you get into the episode, you get something a lot more than that. And, and you get to know who the person is. And this is exactly that situation. I think we even talked about it in the conversation, how it's not a typical interview. And I think she was the one who brought up Maynard from Tool, because I was not going to bring that up, because I know every interview she's probably ever done, they all want to talk about Maynard, and I did not. So uh, anyways, it got brought up, but we we squashed it quick. Nothing against Maynard, just this episode was about her and her uh, artistic vision, and she's an amazing songwriter, a brilliant artist, and just an awesome, awesome person. I can say that now from spending the time with her on the line. And 
Yeah. I had a great time. I was really, really happy with how this came out. And big thanks to Monica at Speakeasy for being incredible and setting this up multiple times to get it done and following up and and, uh, just being an all-around best, uh, one of the best publicists in the in the game so thank you to monica shout out to her and uh yeah i think you guys are really going to enjoy this one so let's get some business out of the way real quick and then we'll jump in so purepleasurepodcast.com is the website purepleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me Uh, i really appreciate you guys sending these great messages but also uh telling friends about the show i've gotten a lot of messages lately of people that have been telling multiple multiple people about the show and the show is growing very well over month, month, and month, and month. It's bigger and bigger. It's awesome. It's awesome to see that. And uh, But I'm just glad to have each and every one of you listening um, that have been with me for the long haul. And if it's your first time, welcome. Definitely go back and check out some of the past episodes. There's 100 and... Well, this is episode 177, so you got 176 episodes to fill your time at home. So <laughs> go back and check those out. All right, guys. So... Uh, Let's get into this one. I'm just stoked to bring this to you. So, uh, yeah, I think I've said enough. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Karina Round from Pussifer. Hi, Karina. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Thank you for uh, all the reschedules on this one. I'm really sorry about all that. It's been an insane uh No problem at all. Time. How do you pronounce your name? Dewey? Dewey, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, uh... Yeah, no problem. How's you, Portland? Do, are you in Portland? Portland, yes. Portland is... is Great. They just announced another shutdown 
uh, yeah. this afternoon. Um, another 14 day pause, they're calling it, and it's uh, it's shutting down bars and restaurants again, um, except for takeout only. And uh, but yeah, it's been it's been insane weather wise. It's been insane uh, in a lot of ways. It's yeah, a- they still is there still crazy stuff happening? Uh, no. Well, very little, very little as far as like the protests and stuff. Yeah. That stuff has been, uh, there's still people down there, but it's nowhere near what it was. And, uh, the studio I normally record at is, is, uh, down there in the Pearl district and I'm not down there today, but everything, uh, I was doing an interview the other day and I heard all that it was, uh, uh, was it election night? It must've been day before election. Um, election night and all i heard was drills going off and i was like man what are they doing and and, uh they were actually like the the people that run the building uh it's like a it's like a six-story building in the pearl and and they were boarding boarding up up the the windows windows. yeah yeah it was wild it was wild i came out to f afterwards it was like and i couldn't see anything so i was like where where's all the light and they had shut all the windows up with with boards so uh yeah it's like walking Crazy. out into Armageddon, mm-hmm. but uh, again, again, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Where are you at? Are you in Los Angeles? Yes, I'm in LA. I'm in the sleepy Burbank. So oh, Burbank, it's, uh, different over here. Yeah, man. How are things down there? Uh, it's honestly this neighborhood. Just you know, you would never have known anything was happening at all. Um. But, you know, in a lot of areas of L.A., it's crazy as far as I can tell. I mean, I've been down there. Hollywood proper is just, you know, like a battleground. Armageddon, like you say, everything is boarded up. Um, lots of protests and, you know, homelessness is out of control. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess I should go down there and, and, and see it. But Man, I see. <laughs> I take my kids uh down like my son my son has special needs and and he loves trains and loves like watching the the public transportation trains there's mm-hmm. one spot my in portland uh, awesome because it's it's cra- <laughs> something i never cared about before i had kids uh yeah. except to get around and and uh there's this one spot in portland that that uh they come by a fence really close you can almost touch it and uh wow so we go down there and watch them but to get there now i take them through downtown because it's right past the studio and then over into this spot and they get to see it and they ask questions about it like it's uh it's cool to hear the questions they ask about what's going on because they don't totally understand it but the way they see and (laughs) showing it to them they become a lot less scared of what's going on as far as seeing it for themselves Um, yeah do do you you haven't done that with it how old are your kids i have a son that's three Three. Okay. I thought you had. I thought you had two. I don't know why I thought oh, you had two. Oh, I have a step. I have a stepdaughter that's twelve. Also. Oh. Okay. Okay. She's currently in Copenhagen with with her mom. So, um, you know, it's it's a little quieter over there, and schools are open. Yeah. And you know, she's of that age. I think where psychologically it's important for her to be mixing with kids right now. Yeah. Not just like <laughs> in her room hearing about this insanity that's going on and not knowing when it's going to end. It's absolutely, absolutely crazy times. I can't even get over it. It's, 
it's every yeah and it always it's always changing and and now we're trying to figure out what's going on with everything else with the election and man that's oh, man, it's terrifying i mean i i don't know that i want to get into this on a podcast but it's just it's scared he scares me he fucking scares the shit out of me trump does <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because he's doing what he's doing is working in my mind in a sense in that like it's so clear who won the election but his behavior is scary like it's just making me feel like oh he's gonna he's gonna do this he's gonna figure out how to do this and he's gonna win and we're gonna have to deal with this again yeah yeah just like you know I, yeah, I can't. I can't go into it. It'll give me anxiety. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the. Beauty. I don't know. I mean, it's it. I imagine you're in somewhat of a, like a a, a a left lefty bubble in in Portland. Oh yeah. So maybe everyone's just feeling a lot more confident up there. I don't yeah. know. How yeah. is it? Well, it's it's weird because I like I. I'm stoked to be talking to you right now because I've all day literally have been in a uh, in the ground like working. It's been like storming rain and wind and I work construction. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I work uh, I'm a commercial plumber. So I've been like in the ground, like working on this airport job and like literally <laughs> wow. crawling. I'm literally like covered in mud and dirt right now. Uh, just <laughs> literally like got done. And I was like, man, I cannot wait to do this because then I'll be warm and uh and doing what I want to be doing, right? But I'm I work happy with, that I have that visual of you. I work, <laughs> I, work uh, I work with people that are like into Trump so heavily. And I'm a union, <gasps> I'm a union really? plumber. Like we're a union. And he's he's anti-union, all it's crazy, but they are into it. So I'm surrounded by that all day. Uh, and then I go home to my family, which we are it's not like that chickens way. for McNuggets. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. And just to hear what they say and hear, you know, the the, the one prediction was that, uh, you know, he'd get it in front of the Supreme Court and that he's already, you know, worked his magic on and, and yeah. win. Ha- yeah, that's what I'm worried about. But do you ever hear like being because I don't think I ever find myself in L.A. It's easy to be isolated, like whether you want to or not. And as, you know, someone who's not a Trump supporter and who is an immigrant also, like, I don't find myself in amongst Trump supporters very often, if at all, not that I know of. So it's interesting to me to hear you say that and hear you, like, real, the working class people for Trump. Like, do you ever hear an argument from them where you're just like, okay, I can see that. I can see that that's good and maybe what he did here works for you and i can see why you support him like do you ever just feel like within a conversation that you can understand where these people are coming from uh yes and no and the the only thing that and it's kind of a weird i've asked people do you like donald do you like donald trump or do you like the idea of donald trump and most of them say they like the idea they don't like him at all but they like right. what he represents. And the other okay, thing. Well, that, that's good. That's better. Exactly. It, it, yeah. Yeah. They like the idea of, you know, oh, he's just a go getter, just does, he says what he's going to do and he does it. And, you know, he does, yeah. he's not a politician and, and all that business. But, uh, 
yeah, it's it's weird. And the other thing that in my own mind, and this may be, I don't know, I don't, I it's it's weird to think about. But people, you know, always call him an idiot and a and a moron and stuff. I kind of tend to think he's fairly intelligent and is really playing his own way. Yeah, I don't. Think I don't think he's an idiot. idiot. But I, I, the I things he does are either him or somebody else is very, very clever. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing where I'm like, that's what's more terrifying is I think he knows exactly what he's doing and it's working. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's anyway, uh, it's nuts. But um, <laughs> that's the beauty of this podcast. It can go anywhere because it's it's not like the 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 run of the mill interview based podcast something i've tried to keep uh is just like a free-flowing you know conversation where it's not question answer question answer tell me about this part of the recording process you know like yeah people know what yeah, you do I just, you know you're never gonna hear me talk articulately and extremely confidently about politics particularly not right now because i just I don't like it. I don't like talking about it. I yeah. have strong feelings about it, and I talk about it with my partner, with my friends, and with my family and stuff. But I just, I have, you know, I don't feel there's a place for it in my work personally. And I understand that would piss people, some people off. And I understand, I, and I like people that do involve, do get involved in it, work-wise. But you know. For me, I can't mix the two. I can't. <laughs> You're talking your creative, your creative output and and politics. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that, hundred yeah. percent. If you if you want, I mean, the creative process is something for some people are able to escape regular life. Um, mm -hmm. Some people, it's just a part of them, and it's it comes out on its own. Some people rage against what's going on very blatantly. Yeah. And uh, there's just so yeah, many. Yeah, and some people can really do that well and articulately in their work. And I mean, there's some things that are unescapable. You know, for instance, when a political climate like this is, it's just, you know, completely inside the fiber of who we are now as a society. Because, you know, with the pandemic and with this insanity going on with the election and all of that mixed together and the total politicizing of everything and the, you know, everyone being polarized as much as possible on purpose, it's it's impossible for it not to be integrated into your life. Therefore, it's going to be interesting to see in the next few years how that, you know, how that shines a light on, on what people are creating this year, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like how that changes art. I'm, I'm looking forward to it with my, you know, personally with my own stuff individually but also you know to see what what comes out of this yeah i think it I, you know and i i don't know i think as as the artist for the most part i think are the kind of people who they have to take what comes to them and, and make something good or beautiful out of it and I'm personally, I'm looking forward to what 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 shell this situation is cracked open. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, art itself is 
is uh i mean we need artistic people to to help interpret things for one but also to be able to take us away to another place for a little while or or show us the beauty in 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 sadness or the beauty in 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 uh uh like the downside of things like turning artists i think are are some of the most vital people that that keep us going i mean it it's yeah. It, not anyone, not and not everyone can do it, and that's what makes it so special. And yeah, I you mean, know, per, yeah. Personally, for me, I it's been a big way f- for me as a, an individual to process whatever it is that's going on inside of me, to hold up a mirror to what it is that I am feeling, and to work through that. But also, you know, as a, a teaching me how to to process it into something worthy worth putting back out there, you know, and hopefully that gift can be passed on through the work that I do. That's to that's, sound to sound cheesy, but really that's that's what it comes down to. Well that's interesting to to say it that way. It, it, it teaches yourself that what your your own gift teaches you how to how to interpret. Like it's yeah. it's wild. It's wild to think about. Like what other what other uh, what other walks of life can say that? Like it's, it's, uh, it's so special and, and to nurture that and to recognize that and, and not maybe get sucked into something else, you know, uh, because of the circumstances and shy away from that gift, you know, shy away from that, that, that wonderful thing that, that is a part of you, you know, it's, it's, uh, God. Yeah. Well, I think for me personally, I've, from the moment that it was clear to me that I was an artist, I, which was pretty early on, I've always fought with, battled with the idea that I'm shying away from it also. You know, there's a certain, for me, I'm not, that probably a lot of artists have it, but maybe some of them don't. That just kind of the battle with the belief that that's actually what you are or that's particularly at a young age. I have these feelings a lot, like your worthiness to be this person, to create this, to have this gift and to pass it on and what your worthiness is to do that. I mean, we all have that trait, I think. And I think the key is to fight through any excuse that is handed to you to to shy away from it you know yeah but for the most part i don't need an excuse but if there is one there (laughs) i'll take it but i will say you know in a situation like this during the pandemic where i haven't you know for a while there was difficult for me to work also like i said i have a three-year-old son who came out of out of school at the beginning of the pandemic like the harder it gets for me to physically be able to go somewhere and work, the more I want to do it, the more I need to do it, the more I'm driven to, to find a way to do it. Man. So, and I think that that's one of the things that this pandemic has done. And, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about like what good can come out of this and without, without wanting to, make light of the people that have actually really lost loved ones in this situation. But I feel like one of the things it did for me, for me was to distill 
everything in my life down to what was absolutely necessary. Like it just, it dissolves the noise because you have no choice. You have so, so much less time to do all the extraneous and superfluous things that it really just boiled everything down to what is needed, what is necessary in my life. And how can I use this, the little time that I have and focus it as much into these things as possible and really make the best of these things. And for me, that has been good because like I said, I'm prone to distraction. Well, that's a, and that's also another a really good way of, of, of framing it. If you think about, think about like any, uh, I mean, this has been a massive, you know, loss of life for a lot of people. And, yeah. but the lesson that it should, that it teaches, I mean, it'd be the fact that we, we take something from it, you know, uh, you know and, and I haven't lost anyone to, to what's been going on, but when you do lose someone, that gift they give you, that, that grief, that, that, that longing and that loss. I lost my dad, uh, uh, just over a year ago. And that, that pain oh, is something that is so, and I've discussed this a couple times with people on the show where that pain and that, that, that hurt is almost beautiful because it's, it shows how much that person impacted and meant to you. Um, yes. you know, it's, it's something that will, I mean, we all experience at some point in our life, but the, the, the more profound, the, the greater, I think the, the gift of that is in, and when people, what has happened, you know, in our world and given us that, that lesson of what is important, who is, you know, quote unquote essential, you know, recognizing mm-hmm. that the person at the grocery store is one of the most valuable people in your life that, yeah. but they make nothing like having that lesson is, is, it doesn't, I hate to say gives a purpose to it, but it makes it that it wasn't in vain, right? It, 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 it's a one way to put um, a different spin on it, you know, and, and yeah, I, I think I it's think beautiful. You're, you're right. I think whenever something is taken away from us, it just, it, it brings us, it brings to our attention what it is that's important to us. I remember um, it was a little longer ago, but the, it doesn't change anything. I lost my mom four years ago. Oh, and sorry. Yeah. One of the things that, I specifically remember from that time and I was, it was strange. I found out right before I had to go on stage and do a show. Oh my God. And yeah, it was crazy. It was a crazy situation. I don't, you know, I don't know if you experienced this, but you just kind of enter into this weird kind of void bubble of surreal insanity. And I, I did the show, which was, I don't know how I did it, but I, it was the right thing to do. And I, and I, 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 even now I know that and I understand that because what was the other option? Not do it and just, you know, be broken until I could get on the plane and go over and deal with the, the situation. But yeah, I digress. I, I did the show and then almost immediately after the show, I went into logistical mode of like, making sure everything here was taken care of before I got on the plane and went back to England to deal with all the stuff. And my point being, I just remember that for like two or three days after it happened, 
just something happened to in my brain where it's like a curtain opened and so many things just were clear to me became clear the desires that I had like things that I do wrong in my daily life like the way I go about things why certain things aren't working you know it just I don't know it all of these things just became hyper real and I'm not saying that lasts forever but I remember in that moment just being just saying to myself hold on to this hold on to these things right now because you know no matter what state of mind you're in you these things are important and this is real and I just feel like that that is an extreme case of it because it's like the sudden loss of of a mother like you you don't even start grieving at that point but I think essentially what has happened to us is like a soft grief that's lasted and grown over nine months or whatever it's been. I don't even know. I don't I have no concept of time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, our lives as we know it, essentially, we're just taken away from it. And, and in a way, we are grieving what we had, what we thought we were. Our identities are having to shift. Again, like I said, things that we maybe knew were important to us, but we was easier to put off all of a sudden come to the forefront because there's just a sense of urgency all of a sudden and you know I just think I also and maybe it's just the kind of person I am but I I always I remember thinking in that time and after mom passed just like what what can I take from this that's going to make my life better (laughs) <laughs> and in that moment in, in that time afterwards and going through the grief and everything all I could really get to was just gratitude like ultimately that's the that's the really the only authentic thing I could get to that I could take out of it and carry with me forever like the anger and disbelief and whatever was I had going on with my mom and I'm sure everybody that's had a parent go has all of this weird um, connective tissue <laughs> to work through you know the really the only thing that I could come out of it with that I can carry with me is uh, a sense of gratitude and I think that's really the only thing that's real that we can take away from situations like that you know yeah i agree i agree and that's i mean it's such a uh you think about what you sift through like you were saying with you you sift through all these you go through that grieving process i mean at first it's just shock and then (laughs) once you allow yourself to and i don't even i don't even know or remember the five or whatever the stages of grief I just live it, you know, and go through it. But, uh, you know, it's a process, just like dying is a process, just like like writing a song is a process, Uh, you know. But the gratitude is is massive and and realizing what you were given, you know, and and being able to experience something like that. Um, I mean, and when you when you you said you played a show that night, was that was that solo or was that with uh, with Lucifer? 
thankfully it was, uh, it was actually with tears for fears. <laughs> what? I was, yeah, I was tears for um, fears. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, but you I just kinda, blew my mind here. What, <laughs> what, how? Yeah. I was singing with tears for fears. I was like, um, um, what? sorry. My mind just went right back to that night and it's just, so surreal. Oh no! I barely. I haven't even. No, I, no, not that way. But just that kind of like being on stage and and doing that in that moment inside that feeling. The fucking. That's the thing. The human is. It's amazing. The human brain is amazing, and I just think what's the the one thing that's intrinsic to us is survival. You know, yes. And no matter what, no matter what we go through, no matter what we're experiencing, and the the death of your parents is inevitable. There are people that have been through. What's going on, guys? This is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, DistroKid. DistroKid distributes your music across all online platforms. They are an amazing company. I've enjoyed working with them the last few weeks, and they're going to be with us for a while, and I really, really appreciate that. I love working with great companies, and DistroKid is one of them. Uh, they have an awesome thing they're doing right now called Splits. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online, doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online, and splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits, and all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, you can use Spotify Canvas, synced lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze. And you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid. And I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now. Distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamb Goat's Van Flip Podcast. Hey guys, this is Dewey from Peer Pleasure, and I wanted to tell you about Premium Pleasure 
our premium subscription service that's available now. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. There's three tiers, tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one is $5 a month. It gets you the ad-free experience. Tier two gets you access to the Peer Pleasure Passcast. It gets you access to the videos of the interviews. It gets you merch discounts. Tier three is $20 a month. That gets you all of that. It gets you the past cast, gets you the video footage, discounts on merchandise, and monthly Zoom calls well, with myself and other guests. We're going to have all kinds of stuff in there for you. There's all kinds of stuff in there for you now. There is, uh, I believe, 30 to 40 videos of these interviews. There is uh, multiple episodes of the past cast. The past cast is a podcast that I'd started separately that is me and another podcaster or me and a guest. Uh, discussing a deep dive into their favorite episode of Peer Pleasure. Um, so there's a bunch of those on there. So so-and-so and I would talk about the Chino Moreno episode. So-and-so and I would talk about uh, the Yvette Young episodes. And we would do a deep dive and tell where they came from, how we got the guest, stories of uh, that weren't discussed on the podcast or maybe weren't in there. Um, it's just another glimpse behind the curtain. So that's the big deal with this premium service is giving you a glimpse behind the curtain of how the podcast is made, gives you access to things I'm doing and things that we're doing with the show, um, gives you, you know, ad free stuff. It gives you just all kinds of of things that we could throw in there to help make it a valuable part of your month, because I put everything out there on this show. I put everything I have into this show. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me and having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. I will say much i will say much worse things because <laughs> there are things that are not inevitable that some people go through that are completely unnecessary you know and i know people that have been through just devastating awful situations that are completely unnecessary but ultimately the one thing <sighs> that 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 runs through all of us is that we are survivors and that we we not only get through these things, but I think we have an inbuilt mechanism that unless we just become broken or mentally ill or we break, we make good. We just make good. We make good out of it. We move forward and we, we do better. We it, we try to do better. We can either We can either let it break us or we can use it as a catalyst to make things, you know? Yeah. And I think, and I think ultimately that's what we're programmed to do. Make things. I agree. Make sense. It does make I mean, sense. it's a, that's super simplified, but I'm sitting in my car outside my house. So what do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it. It's like you, even people that don't, I mean, it is ingrained in us because even people that don't understand, like you touch something that's hot, you pull your hand away. Yeah. You you may touch it again because you don't understand. But when it happens, you still react and and try to survive. I mean, it's something that simple. Even someone that doesn't understand why they're doing it, they touch it, pull their hand away, touch it, pull their hand away. 
Yeah. They don't leave it there. They yes, do, they can't. True. They you know like it's 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 that basic it's like breathing. It's that yeah. basic thing you can't shut off until your mind actually shuts it off for you. But that being said, I do believe that and you probably experienced this too. Um grief doesn't go away when you take your hand away, you know. The feelings like that stay. They stick with us. And I think the beauty of us is we we can walk straight down the middle of it or we can avoid it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel even with feelings like that, even with emotions like that, that you know, they just you just feel like your body is on fire. Yeah. You know, we we can, we are built. We are, we are able to sit with it, sit in the middle of it, work through it and take something from it. Like it's, I don't know, it's devastating, but somehow magical. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's a weird thing for me to say that, you know, the feeling I get from my mom dying is, is magical, (laughs) but you know, maybe, maybe it's not that weird. I don't know. I don't think it's weird at all, Karina. I really don't. And and because from what I was saying earlier, like the 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 gift of being able to experience such profound loss in a way that that I mean, it's it's a gift in itself, and it's but it is magical. It's magical that we can experience something so profound and still keep walking, still keep you know, getting up and, and going about it and trying to sort through it instead of just shutting off, right? Like it's yeah. it's so, I mean, you think of, and, and this is super dark, but we're both parents, right? You think about losing a child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And would I just put a gun in my mouth? And you do think about it. I, you think about it. You think about it every day. Yeah. That's the fuck up every thing, Every fucking day. Every <laughs> second. Some way or another. I was talking to a guy at, at, at work the other day about this, that if I knew the feeling, the profound love and, and fear and terror and joy that laying, laying eyes on your child for the first time and then throughout their life, I might be too, ter- if I had the chance to say yes or no, like they let you experience that for a second. I'd be too fucking scared. And I'd say, I never want children Yeah, because it's too much. almost. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, but you think about that and then you lose a child. Would you shut down? Would you, and my my dad lost two children. He he was married before he had three children, lost one to suicide and one was murdered. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. And I asked him, you know, we had one of those last conversations. He went in for a heart surgery um, uh, open heart surgery that he didn't come back out of and because everything inside was too damaged and we didn't know. So it was shocking because we thought mm-hmm. he would come out of this. We thought they were going to fix the problem. Um, but before this, he just asked me, he's like, I went up to visit and he's like, ask me anything you want to ask me. I'm like, what? He's like, ask me anything you've ever wanted to know. And I'll tell you, well, honestly, and we had a he was almost, he was almost asking you to ask him about that. Exactly. It was crazy. Yeah. And I asked him, how did you get up in the morning? Yeah. I, I mean, any day of the week. And, and you know, the his answer was, I, I had you guys. I had to keep going. And I was like, yeah, yeah. How is that even enough? 
Like you had them too, and they're gone. Like you know, but the way to turn that around and and uh, you know, it's just yeah, it's insane. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't understand any of it, but it's it's so profound and and life change. It changes your DNA. Like it, it literally feel like it changes. Yeah, your I was genes. just gonna say it really. I think so too, and I think that's you know that's I feel lucky. To be an artist or someone that makes things and creates things, because without that, I, I don't know what I would do. I just, I mean, obviously, you, you just roll your sleeves up and you get, you get on with it. But I, I, I get a lot of joy and and a lot of process, processing, out of that. And also, it just makes you realize, like, um, you take for granted just the individual light that people have. And I found that I had taken for granted what I provide, what I create, you know, just like I said before, constantly questioning, like, is, is it important what I do? Like, how am I finding the drive at times, not all the time, just like persuading myself to create, you know, just, and it just made me realize that your light is your light. It's completely unique and you have it. Therefore, you must use it no matter what. Like it's not a choice really. And it's it gets to the point where it's harder not to do it. You just You just have to. It's that basic drive. It's mm-hmm. that basic drive we were talking about in the, in the, the other thing that's, that's fascinating about being an artist is like, you know, I come, I come from the music world. Uh, I, I don't know if you, do you know, um, do you know the guys in Portugal, the man, I know John did, John did some songs with tears for fears. I remember him being mm-hmm. on stage with them. I don't know if it was at the same time. Um, but that was, I, I don't, I don't know those guys, but okay. they have some t- connection to my, my partner's band. I think they used one of their beats or something. Okay. Autolux. Autolux. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. So, um, but that's that's where I come. I come from that band. So like that. But now I do you know a regular job, but I do the show to stay connected and and still try to use my mind muscle and 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 try to to put something out there for people in a different way than being on tour and doing all that. But um, being and being an artist. And and what so I go I go and I create something right I go and I build a building at the airport or I go build a a, a hospice or something I yes I went and did that and and whatever I was going through that day or that month went into that how fast or mm-hmm. how much quality I put into it but then people go and use it and and you know use it for what it's meant to be they go take off on a plane they go get medical care they you know but what you do. You you actually create. I don't create the pipes. I don't create the wood. I just I take it and put it together how it's supposed to go. You create right. things out of thin air, right? You create you create from from mind power, from emotion, and you can put it out through a natural thing like your voice. You can yeah. you can put that energy through an instrument. I'm not putting energy like creative energy through a drill, right? But I'm I'm right. I'm doing something. But what you do. 
people get to experience differently and also they get to witness what you put into it. You are completely on display. Your emotions, uh, you know, what you're going through, people see that. People don't necessarily see that in other people's, you know, work or what they do, right? They go to work, they go home. That person went and built the house. When you put out a record or a song or or a, a piece of art, you're so much more on display. So there's also that that needs to t- take into account of how vulnerable an artist is. And it's it's something that I don't think everyone can handle, if that makes sense. You mean sense. everyone as an artist or as a listener? As an, as an artist. Like, I don't think some people are prepared for how much of themselves is put out there into the world so people know so much about them. People feel connected yeah. to that, right? Like, um, like you and I are are connected right now through this talk we're having on grief, right? We've both been through technically a a similar situation, very different because we're both very different people Mm -hmm. uh, and our parents were very different. But the the act of griefing a parent is bringing you and I together right now. But Right, but we, so we're both listening to the same song, but we're receiving it in different ways. Exactly. And, but also the song that was created the person that created that, the public is seeing that in a way that uh, the public is seeing the pain and and seeing yeah. the emotion, whereas a lot of people's work, that emotion and pain isn't shown. It's just the physical thing. So you're it's just saying. Basically, right. But then, you know, you have the kind of listener who's going to listen to this podcast and be like, fuck you guys. I don't want to hear about this and turn it off. And then but then you've got the kind of person, whether they've experienced the same thing or not, who's going to be listening and just intrigued by the vulnerability of what we're talking about. And we allowed ourselves to go there and then our articulation of those things and how they're different and how they might hold up a mirror to the person that's listening. I think, you know, I think ultimately it's a responsibility of the artist to make themselves vulnerable in some way or another. And they might have different ways of doing that. I don't know. I think, and I also think, for instance, one of the things that makes Maynard so great, especially on this record for me and talking for myself, not him, is that he will write the story and and give it to you and it's certainly got an intention and it certainly came from something that was authentic to him and you can tell that by listening to it, but he does not lay it all out for you. It's the job of a listener as an interactive experience to take from it what they will take from it. You know, mm-hmm. I just think... It's it is an interact an interactive experience, and you also learn, I think, within your craft, how to give it to people in a way. You know, you've got this whole thing going on here, and you just want it to create a vibe, and you want it to suck somebody in, and you want it to, you know, you want to get their engagement, and then you might put a line in there every now and then that just punches them in the gut and you know there's no arguing what it's about Mm -hmm. i think you know ultimately the it the the first part the subconscious part of the writing is accessing your subconscious 
somehow harnessing that subconscious, getting those writings out, those feelings out. If you want, you could call it disappearing. I suppose that's like the ideal situation for you to be in when you're writing. And then there's another part to it, which comes afterwards, which is the craft, which is like the puzzle part of, you know, putting the puzzle together to make it into a format that's um, not only listenable, but engaging and, um, you know, harnesses it in the way that, that you want to as, as the writer. So you have to find that balance, I think, of, you know, putting exactly what you want to put across, but also leaving space for the listener to experience it in their own individual way, which they're going to do anyway, even if you, I don't know. Some people are just really great at telling a story exactly as it is, and and it, it's just enjoyable to listen to it that way, but you're still going to have people that hear it in the way they want to hear it. Of course, of course. And I like how you separated that, the like the spark and the craft, like, and, and finding yeah. that balance. It's, it's an awesome way of putting it. You know, you've got that, that initial, you know, little pop, and then how do mm -hmm. I funnel this into a, into a listenable, digestible way, or at least, at least enough, um, that you feel comfortable putting it out that way, but like yeah. Well, know. otherwise you're just listening to 15 minute demos of me like mouthing sounds. Who <laughs> <laughs> fuck wants to hear that shit? That'd be fucking like, awesome. It's not though. It's <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh I, yeah. I don't know. I think those those things have to be. Sometimes songs just come like spew out in one go, and that's just the way it is. But you know, I think it's. It's virtually impossible to do that unless you have experience doing, uh, experiencing both of those areas, the spark and the subconscious thing, and then the craft. I think, you know, when it just comes out as a whole song, it's because you spent years honing those two things and, and knowing yourself and, I don't know, me, that's how I feel anyway. Me, 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 me. That's what interviews feel like. <laughs> well that's the me 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 <laughs> i've got friends that do podcasts that say they basically will run it past someone like do you just want to talk about yourself for an hour what do you think about that and they're always like yeah sure yeah. but it's not you know it's it's this is making me excruciatingly uncomfortable do you know why because you haven't i'm so used to like doing during the uh process of you know pushing this record for the most part, you do an interview, it's 30 minutes long. The first question is, how has this pandemic affected the writing of the record? And then, you know, there's just direct questions. And I know how to do that. But then you're just asking me to talk about myself and it's really pissing me off. Just kidding. But, yeah. <laughs> I now know. I now know why Monica said I'm really happy this is happening because she knows she knows what I do. She knows my my way. She knows yeah. my show. She knows, you know, when she puts someone in the in the in the hot seat that it's not gonna be the run of the mill stuff, right? We no, I like it. We went from Dude, Donald Trump it. to to deep grief 
not for Donald Trump yeah. and the situation, but personal grief. Like, yeah, and and you brought up Maynard, not me. And I that, did. And I was I was absolutely not going to do that because I fucking hate that when when uh, <laughs> they focus people focus on something that's like, oh hey, you're in a band with this massive musician. Well, cool. no, it's like, just it's so it's so easy for me to talk because it was relevant to what I was talking about in terms of like the way you're writing lyrics in order to give people space to perceive them as they want. And yes. I do, you know, that's a question I've been answering a lot lately. But you know, I. I try to do that myself, but it's like I said, it's easier for me to talk about Maynard than it is to talk about myself <laughs> <laughs> or anyone else on the planet. It's uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, that's what I wanted to to find out about is you. Like, uh, that's what I'm interested in in talking about. And, and that's another thing with this 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 show where people ask me, like, you know, how do you talk to that many people? and and make it something and i was like well you have to be genuinely interested yeah and you speak to no, them like a person feeling. they're a person like mm -hmm. who cares like we don't if someone is listening to this is the cool part is if someone's even listening to this podcast which tons of people are listening to this podcast don't get me wrong but if they had never heard <laughs> Maybe of you the before first 10 minutes if they if they have never heard of you before <laughs> and we ended it right here they would not know the 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 band you're in they would not know the name of the record they would not know they would know there's a record that we've yeah. just mentioned but that's the thing if they want to know what you do hop on hop on spotify or youtube and look it up right but if yeah. they want to know who you are listen for a little while right yeah. like it's not i i just i i can't listen to those those interviews that are just because uh, i've been through them myself so many times sure. like, how's the tour going well, with what am I going to tell you? It's fucking miserable. Yeah, with Portugal the Man, uh, the band before that, Anatomy of a Ghost, that was all those guys and myself beforehand. And uh -huh. when someone asks you how the tour is going, what are you going to say? If you're miserable and homesick, you're not going to say that. You're going to say, oh, man, it's going great. The new record's awesome. What, what did you play? What Guitar. instrument do you play? Okay. Guitar. Do you write, too? You write songs, lyrics? Uh, no. Well, I did. I did in my younger days. When we were mm -hmm. like in punk bands back in Alaska, I was the only one who could sing, so I wrote the lyrics too, and I would yeah. basically just rip off. Like, I'd go in and like rip off like Pantera lyrics and try to change some words and stuff. Oh, and, that's so funny! Far Beyond Driven was like, <laughs> I remember I bought that vinyl. It was like one of the first vinyls I ever bought. For some reason, I have no idea. It wasn't like I wasn't like into metal particularly, but I for some reason I was attracted to that record. Probably the artwork. It was like a big drill going into an oh, asshole, yeah. if I remember rightly. But I, but you know, that wasn't my vibe entirely. You just brought back this memory of um, my mom. <laughs> I got up one day. My mom was vacuuming. She had Far Beyond Driven on vinyl. She had it on because I guess she was just interested in what I was listening to. Uh, half speed. <laughs> <laughs> and she had no idea that it was incorrect and I didn't tell her but it you know it sounded kind of cool if I remember rightly anyway that's continue. excellent Sorry. that's how that's how <laughs> that's how doom started right like, how... <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean what, Black Sabbath Black Sabbath they were tuning down guitars because Tony Iommi's fingers were damaged like yeah. it's funny what'll spawn a genre right like or or yeah. even a, a vibe but 
Uh, yeah, that was it. I would I would do I would rip off Pantera lyrics and then try to turn them into my own and pass them off that the guys wouldn't notice. Of course, yeah. they did, and they used to call them my hate <laughs> anthems because they were so angry, but I wasn't. They couldn't figure out why my lyrics were <laughs> so angry. You borrowed your hate, and this was to play in a punk band, like a pop punk band, like Green Day style punk band, because that's all we could play. Yeah. So it was just this cocktail that just didn't work. And uh, but no, <laughs> I I very very much write uh, on guitar still, and I like to just get lost in in. Uh, I just go in the basement where all my amps are and pedals and stuff, and I'll just like zone out um, and just create. So do it you, feels so good. Do you do you enjoy touring, or are you over it? Oh, I'm over. I haven't toured. I I left the road in 2007, so I, I I've been off the road for longer than I was on the road. Um, what didn't you like about it? It became uh, the thing I always say is I was recognizing Chevron bathrooms, like. I've used yeah. this bathroom yeah, that this has month. happened to me also. Yeah. And I was like, what is new? So nothing was new anymore. And then we went to Europe and the second we stepped on stage in Germany <laughs> it's cold and, and everyone wet. went crazy. I was like, holy shit, people in another country are seeing what we're doing and vibing on this. And I got that fire again. And then everything was new. And I was like, guys, I've never, I've never been in that bathroom. I've never been to that restaurant. I am going to go drink a warm Sprite out of that kiosk over here. Uh, I'm going to get denied ice at this restaurant. I'm going to, you know, like I was yep. just living it up. And and the first three song, we would do songs in blocks over there because we had to play longer. And mm -hmm. so the first three songs, I'm drenched in sweat already. I just want some water. I go back. I pop that bottle open and chug it. And it's fizzy water. And I almost threw up everywhere. I was not ready for it. And, uh, and it was warm. Yeah, warm, fizzy water. And they're like, wow, your American's water is boring. It's, there's no gas. And I was like, yeah, because I can drink it. Anyway, but it was uh, that was what it was. Is I just got jaded and, and, you know, we'd wake up to a day sheet and it would say, you know, how many what show was sold out. Here's the town you're in. Uh, here's what's for dinner. Like it just became McDonald's, basically. Like it was it, it wasn't exciting anymore. And, and at that time, I was playing – Portugal the man's song so I wasn't even playing stuff I wrote so I was uh, doing a job and yeah. and it just got kind of old and I and I yeah no, I understand that I understand that being in that situation slightly different with Tears for Fears and while I love doing that and you know those guys are my friends and it's been great to see their journey over the last 10 years I get times when I'm if I'm not opening for them which I used to do a lot I just you know, I get times where I just wake up thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. But, uh, this is not my vocation. Like, I love these guys and I love singing these songs. And those first two records of theirs were very important to me. Oh, As they God. were or should have been for everybody. <sighs> and, you know, I'd, I'd love being able to to be a part of that now. Because when it happened, I was, I was two or three. But, um, yeah, but I understand that. I find it's... But yes, but you couldn't even enjoy the great food. And were you touring in a bus or a van? No, we were in a van still at that time. So it was. Oh it yeah, was, that that can get old. Yeah. Yeah, that can really get old. Yeah. Now they have a band bus, a crew bus. Well, had. Um, yeah. Who knows if it'll happen again? But then you know, winning Grammys and like for a song mm -hmm. they wrote in five minutes, like it just came out. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. And I, I, I had John on the show a few weeks ago and we just went to his house and just sat and talked just like this. 
And that must have been cool. It was great. It was awesome. And I love what they're doing, but it's just not what I want to do anymore. And mm-hmm. uh, I I really, I, I start to feel like sometimes with this, with this show, like maybe that's my calling with music is, is trying to shed a light on musicians in a different way or connect, you know, connect the dots in a different way that will bring people in and, and, you know, want to hear about it, you know, like, but then I can still make enough to support my family and have a, mm-hmm. a pension, you know, for when things do stop. Um, yeah. It's, it's crazy because I think this whole situation with the pandemic and I'm getting bored of the word, but it, it's, you know, it happens. Um, it just really makes you realize how delicate a position musicians are in at this point. Yeah. You know, not being on play live has completely stripped us of any kind of income, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that after this, that the idea of getting placements is one way of an artist like myself, who's not particularly that high profile to make money. And unfortunately, the worse it gets for artists, the lower the amount of money becomes that they you get offered because you're more desperate. You know, so mm-hmm. you just take lower and lower amounts of money and it just, it becomes harder to make, to earn a living. And, you know, I'm so fucking lucky that I can, I can be a musician and I can earn my living and be a parent and have a family and do all of this stuff and, and only have to be a musician. Like I'm beyond grateful for that. And it's, you know, I'm, in that sense, I'm living my dream. Um, but it just, it's very scary right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, it's, it's, we're extraordinarily vulnerable at the moment. And that, you know, I just, it's hard to, it's hard to see how it's going to turn out. I think the whole, you know, and we, we just did this live stream and there's been some complaints about it not being like a hundred percent live. And then other people were just like super into it. And I, it made me realize, I think that is one like new offshoot of business that is going to be part of this industry that um, has been created basically from there being a pandemic and people not being able to play live. Um, it's going to be something that's not, it's not live, but it's not a video, but it's like this whole new art form of mm-hmm. something that you can create and put out there. And I think that's pretty exciting. But, uh, you know, realistically, I don't know how much money people like me are going to be able to <laughs> to earn from doing that kind of thing. I mean, have you, I assume that you've talked to a lot of artists during the pandemic. Like what is the overall vibe that you're getting? Oh people? man, it's all over the place. Like, um, uh, and, and one thing real quick though, like I was thinking with, um, the live stream stuff, like when Pink Floyd did live at Pompeii for, mm-hmm. for nobody, yeah. you know, that's like the first live stream. Like it, th- that idea of there's no audience. It was just them. Like, they lost some of the footage of, of the drummer. Like, so he's barely in it. Like, uh, that was like just a cool thing to think about back then. Like we'd be now nowadays doing kind of a similar thing where it's just wild. But, um, 
anyway, that yeah, it's the, funny when we were talking oh. about the the doing the Pussifer live stream thing, the Pompeii thing came up a lot, and yeah, it's pretty. You're thinking back to the idea of like doing that when they didn't have to. Like, yeah. where the fuck did that idea come from? Yeah, <laughs> let's go play at the pyramids. Let's go play in Pompeii. Like they just did. Yeah. It's like fuck. We'll just do whatever we want. But you <laughs> yeah. know, you know, a fucking. 30, 40 years, whatever, before the, the whole thing goes down. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, they're trendsetters, right? But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I do talk to a lot of musicians, and the vibe's very different. But um, uh, one buddy of mine, uh, Zach, he plays for Rise Against. Um, they're talking a lot with Live Nation and trying to get all this information about what vaccines are coming. They're all really hopeful that a vaccine's going to come out, be useful, and then they'll basically do, like, here's here's my ticket and my negative covid test or my my vaccination oh yeah i just read about that um i just read about that yeah this is something like uh, like a month ago we were talking about it like maybe it'd be on the horizon then it it looks like it just came out but yeah it's um just what they think is going to happen or Ticketmaster. Ticketmaster was putting out like here's our plan but who knows uh What's I mean, everyone's trying to say there's this coming out, this coming out, but the overall vibe is basically uh, it depends on the size of the band. If it's someone like them where they've made a good amount of money, uh, what they're doing, like the Portugal guys have made a good amount of money, what they're doing. They had a good long run, you know, versus friends of mine that are still in vans and playing 500 mm-hmm. to 1,000 seaters. Their vibe mm-hmm. is very different because yeah, they don't have a nest egg. It's like, yeah. I will say, though, that... Um, there's been a lot of excuses for me not to, you know, really get down and, and, and work on my record because there's always a prospect of like going on tour and like I have a son again and who's not in school and blah, blah, blah. And right now it's like, okay, there's no touring for a year. So I, you know, I just signed a lease on a room on the studio and I'm going to make my record. So that's another like good thing for me yes. <laughs> to come out of this situation is that there's going to be, you know, there's no possibility of being dragged away or distractions. Exactly. Exactly. That's the, it, it, you find the importance and then if hopefully you act on like you're doing now acting on it, right. Where you yeah. could choose to just, you know, stay in bed and, you know, watch cartoons with the kid and, and. Like, oh my do- God. That would be amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but actually I don't know. Not, not watch cartoons. I just want to, it's funny. I got a text from a friend the other day where I just, she said, I just fantasize about getting a hotel room, watching cable all night long. (laughs) (laughs) That's so, that's funny. Like what your, your bar is. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a fucking dream. Just to be in a hotel room with nobody around and. Yeah. Just watch whatever you want. Have a book and a, a guitar and be able to go to the bathroom by myself. Yeah, without yeah, without being interrupted. <laughs> oh, anyway, man. nobody wants to hear about that. When things become real, we just got real. Uh, well, Karina, I, I, man, I've, I've had you on for the hour, and I, I, I really appreciate uh, all you shared, and it's nice to connect with somebody, you know, uh, on that level. And yeah, you it's know, been great. I appreciate it a lot, and and. Uh, I love what you do. I love your music. It's. I it's literally amazing. resent you for not asking me any questions. So. Well, great. <laughs> <laughs> then we've accomplished it. I guess I should have done my homework. No, a little better. Because I didn't either. 
right? I know what I know and I got into and that's what makes it fun. I you have to listen actively and and communicate, right? Like Yeah, well, hopefully we can do it again. Absolutely. Soon. 100%. I would have you on anytime. And, and awesome. I'll, I'll tell Monica the same thing like just just let me know. Um you know, or or fuck, shoot yeah, me a text and say, "Hey, you want to do it again?" Sure. Like I'm, I'm always here, and that's something that's cool. I, I I stay in touch with a lot of guests I've had on that I didn't, didn't know before either, and it's that's something that's really weird and cool about this. Yeah, is it's just well, you get to know somebody a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I love I love being able to have a fucking real conversation with a grown up. Um, I have a question. Sure. So, with your manual labor that you do every yeah. day, do you? Having been a musician and being on tour and have that lifestyle and written songs and like what do, what does that provide for you? Do you get joy out of it? I do because I I don't have the what ifs. If I didn't put all my eggs right. in one basket and say I oh, want to yeah. be a musician, I want to be a touring musician and try and try and try and never do it and then be stuck doing this, it's it's mm -hmm. uh it's something I don't have a what if I know what the other side is and I can go back to that life, right? Like right now I'm on the phone with you. Like we're talking about creative things. I can dip my toe back in that life. If I want mm -hmm. to, I could go out if, if touring was happening, I could go, uh, you know, start playing again, but I play guitar for my kids. I write, you know, <laughs> my own, my own stuff and you. ideas. Oh yeah. And the, my son just wants my son, uh, it was kind of this big moment because he's he's almost 10 years old and his coordination and stuff with his special needs is very, very sparse. And I was playing guitar the other night on the couch and he got he sat. We bought him this little drum. It's the one you sit on. We were playing acoustic and you can tap on it. Um, like a cajon? Yes. We got him something like that. But for kids and it. But that was like two years ago. He sits down on it and starts playing a beat. And so I started oh. playing the guitar to that beat, and it was this magical little 10-minute time oh. I thought I would never experience in my life. And and now he asked, Dad, can we jam tonight? Like, fuck, <laughs> yes, we can. That's the best. It's amazing. And he was he was, and I just played to his beat because he played the one beat over and over again, but it was on time, and yeah. I could play to it. And I was literally jamming with my son for the first time at almost 10 years old. Uh, yeah. And he was finally That's into amazing. it enough. And it was beautiful. And I got that feeling, that magical feeling again. But <laughs> like we are saying, like, I, I don't have what ifs. So I can go to work every day. I know I'm supporting my family. I know I still have this creative outlet with the show. I can go pick up a guitar anytime I want. But I don't have to go be on the road and be dependent on that and be away from my family. Yeah. Um, the stuff that I wouldn't have been able. I didn't have a family when I stopped touring. But if I had one, I would not be able to do it. So did you have this skill before you became a musician, this plumbing skill? No, I went through an apprenticeship program. It's a five-year apprenticeship, so it's kind of like going to college um, mm -hmm. to learn how to do it and then and and how to run jobs and stuff like that. So now, hopefully, I won't be doing so much of the labor part as things progress, uh, where yeah. I'll be you know running and be able. And that's the other thing: being a creative person in a mechanical job is terrifying because you don't understand the mechanical concepts. <laughs> but you approach them at, at with a with a degree of creativity that can change yeah. things. And that's something right. I've been able to do a couple times where, well, what if we tried this? They're like, that sounds ridiculous. Well, let's try it. And it totally works. Yeah. So that's rewarding. 
going back to your point for a second with like music and kids, it's been like a great, it's been a, like seeing how music affects them and different kinds of music, like not the kind of music that you would expect, like, you know, fucking alphabet song for the 900th time in a day or whatever. But just seeing, like seeing what it is, watching your child's brain open up to a certain kind of music. And it's been really great for me to watch that with my child because like being a musician and becoming a musician and getting like so immersed in like the, that side of, of the music sometimes forget like what it was for me as a child and what it is that made me use that medium in the first place to, to be a creative. And it's, it's so, it's so awesome to just watch it happen and, and surprising. Like for instance, my son constantly asks for the well by smog. Uh huh. And it, he just, I don't know why he likes it. Just this, maybe it's the storytelling or just the vibe or the rhythm or something like that. And it, I don't know, I just like those little surprises. But also there's like a part twice in it where he says, fuck all y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to try to turn it down and I almost, I almost always like miss it. <laughs> this morning my kid was walking around like, mommy, why did he say fuck all y'all? Why did he say fuck all y'all? Why did he say fuck <laughs> Because, you know, if you don't answer, he just continues asking the question until yes. he's satisfied. So, yeah. It's, That's incredible. It, it's it's fun to observe Absolutely. music affecting, like, little brains. Because they're it, still unencumbered with that other bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You learn how to pick things up properly as a child, but you forget as an adult. Lift with your legs, right? You see them, they'll <laughs> squat down and pick it up. Like uh -huh. they'll do that the right way and you unlearn it and then you hurt yourself. And it, it's yeah. still things like that. It's just so funny to uh, how how far away from the basics we can get as adults. Uh, yeah. One so. thing they learn pretty early is how to annoy the shit out of you too. And then that's something they never forget. Oh, that's their <laughs> that's their main purpose for some, most of the time. Yeah, and they know how to get things and manipulate manipulate you. And and uh, yeah, it's just it's it's unreal. But uh, <laughs> Matt, we're gonna we're gonna have to do a part two. I, I right. have so many things that I want to to go over with you and and talk about. But um, Let's do it. yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll either get with you or Monica and we'll set that up because I want to uh, definitely spend more time and, and, and delve into some other things that, that uh, have already come up in my head, but um, awesome. yeah, Let's thank you so much for the time. It's, it's, it's invaluable. You know, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah. I appreciate it a lot. Thanks and for sharing about your dad too. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. I, I, uh, yeah, I know it's not probably what you expected to do today, but that's, that's where we go. No, I like being sideswiped sometimes. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. All right, Karina, we'll talk soon. Bye. Take Thanks. Care. Bye. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Karina Round from Pussifer. Check out their new album, Existential Reckoning. Uh, it's incredible. They've got an awesome live stream they just did uh, at Arc, Arc de Sante, I believe is what it's called. Um, it's this crazy experimental city uh, in Arizona, a lot of concrete and just really cool stuff. So check that out. Um, like I said, big shout out to Monica for setting this up and thank you for Karina for coming on and being such a, a gracious guest and being so open and honest about some pretty difficult stuff 
uh, right off the bat. I mean, uh, we didn't know each other before this, so I always appreciate what people share with me. Um, yeah, having not known each other, it's a it's a big vote of confidence, and and um, I don't take it lightly. I really appreciate it, and I know you guys do too. And and I love each and every one of you guys for coming back week after week and and making this show what it is, and uh, making it an, an awesome time to uh, spend with you guys. And I know a lot of us are at home right now and for a long period of time. And hopefully this is something that can help you escape the monotony of uh, the isolation that's going on right now. So, um, you know, cheers to you guys for coming back week after week. I love it. I appreciate it a lot. All right. So we got some big stuff coming up. We've got a big month in December. Uh, We're going to finish the year out strong. Got tons of stuff coming up. And uh, I'm stoked for you guys to hear it. But uh, yeah, I've... I just don't have a ton to say this week. I'm really just letting the episode speak for itself. So thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Tell a friend, rate the show, review the show where you can, and just keep on keeping on. And as always, we'll see you on the radio. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.